Hello, and welcome to the Gloss Over Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Caroline. We're two dynamic voices and a microphone dedicated to exploring the power of radically honest conversations to discover ourselves and connect with each other. Join us in taking a deep dive into topics that we just can't gloss over. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Gloss Over Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Megan Whalen creative something or another and I'm also a cosmetologist oh yes great hi creative um it's Caroline Trudeau your other co-host I'm an experienced innovator a digital strategist and an accidental marketer welcome back everybody oh hi hi hey we have um nurse Tina in the house again thank you so much for again I know we're so blessed that we are blessed by the presence and the knowledge and the expertise of our head um chief medical officer (laughs) our chief medical correspondent absolutely the the care team correspondence care team I like that yeah medical correspondent nurse (laughs) Tina um thanks for being back again with us in case y'all missed it last week we had uh, an incredible episode where we talked about um, all things vagina, really, uh, because it is um, Women's History Month. I confirmed Women's <laughs> History good. Month, uh, indeed. Um, and yeah, the feedback has been so positive that we are bringing Tina back. Thank you for being back. Tell the people a Thank little bit you. about and you. If they didn't listen last week, what do they need to know about you? Oh, let's see. Well, I've been a nurse since 1980 with a long hiatus while I. Uh, what had the honor of being home with my two daughters who are now fully grown, so no excuses. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Done a lot of stuff in nursing. Um, started my own nonprofit. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's like a head nurse boss. <laughs> yes. Um, so we, we did leave last week a couple of um, topics um, unexplored that you know, after some time went by, we said we cannot gloss over these topics. And one of them is um, caring for a maturing vagina. And, you know, potentially the entire ecosystem that is not just down there, but the entire body. Um, I bring that conversation with a tremendous amount of curiosity. uh, Because I believe that at the ripe age of 45, I am beginning the change. And my um, symptoms are like these hot flashes where I just have a moment where I need to take, I mean, you've seen me here, just yeah. take it on and put it on and take it off and put it on and take it off and sweating. So so what is that? Can we just start there? Let, let's yeah. just make it about me for a moment. <clears throat> <laughs> um, Why not? What is that about? What is happening? So I, I love that um, when I had my gynecologist who has since moved away, but she said, your ovaries are petering out. They're like wearing out, but your brain and your body want estrogen. And so your body's like whipping them like, come on, come on. And you get the spike of estrogen and then it drops off again. Oh, Oh, okay. And so you're getting these highs and lows of estrogen until, you know, pretty much the supply is exhausted. And again, just like anything, your body is manifesting that it doesn't have that anymore. So how all of it is interconnected, you know, you you have estrogen receptors throughout your body and your brain and your ovaries are actually connected because your brain is the command center for all functions in your body. 
So women get brain fog mm. from um, menopause and they think, what is wrong with me that I just feel foggy all the time? You hear that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Something um, to look forward to, I guess. Something to look forward to. Great. Um, yeah. Um, so, I'm, you know, menopausal depression is not a lie either. Like, you know, if you're crying over every commercial, even <laughs> if, you know, there might be something going on. Yeah. Um, vaginal dryness is a huge complaint of women. Um, with menopause and post I can't be having that. I mean, uh, that's, you, that's you, not, you're just, we need to deal with that right away. Yeah, you're just making this sound like- I need to be like, prepped now. Yeah. Fresh, so, keep it fresh. I know. So, you know, again, these are normal changes, but it doesn't mean they have to suffer. Yeah. So mm -hmm. again, it's having, you know, I just can't emphasize enough last week, today, anything women's health that if you can't go talk to your chosen provider about whatever it is, then you need to be looking for another one. Yeah. Because you should be able mm -hmm. to go in there. And I can't tell you how many women, when I was working family medicine, would come in and say, I just feel really foggy. And I feel this and I feel that. And I would look at their age on the computer and I was like, so, um, you know, you're at the magic age. And really? Really? Again, the thing that we don't talk about. Yeah, we don't talk about it. So that's why we're here today on the Gloss Over Podcast. What is the magic age? Fifty is the fifty fifty one is the average menopause age like in full on the menopause. US. Okay, yeah. fifty fifty one being defined as not having had a menstrual period for a year. Okay, so that's mm -hmm. the telltale sign that you are actually this is in menopause. What we gauge okay. it by, but you know it's not an overnight thing, right? Yeah, and so some women it's also tends to be familial as far as what age you do. Yeah, so Francine, mm -hmm. shout out to Francine, um, shared with me that she started her like pre-menopause ups and downs like mine at 47. Okay. So, so yep. 45, almost 46. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, geez, it's happening, yeah. ladies. Woo. And then, and also, so, you know how how severe it is is tends to be familial yeah. as well. So if your mother really suffered, suffered, you know. So one of the things I just want to say is like. We have adopted this language that we attach to things, all things women. Yeah. Like, why are we calling a period a curse? Like, I have the curse. Have you ever heard yeah, that? Yeah. And the change, yes. right? Like, yeah. you automatically said that. These are normal processes. You're you know, so puberty right. Puberty is normal. I love that. Periods yeah. are normal. Issues with those things happen. And menopause is just another chapter and actually some women now that the whole period thing is gone and the concern about getting pregnant like it's the best time for sex in their life like they're really loving it yeah. so mm, something yeah. to look forward to yeah. indeed but it's a good <laughs> yeah, point there you go it's a good point that um, i call it i call it shark week shark week <laughs> shark week it's shark week yeah the, the waters are choppy yeah, and yeah, blood the water. Don't don't. It's it's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> um, I but I think it's really important um to choose language carefully. And I'm thank you for calling me out mm -hmm. on it because I I kid uh, because it's easy. It's yeah. like a defense defense mechanism in a way. Um, but the reality is that yeah, I mean it's this is something that everybody goes through. Right. 
and I don't have to suffer in silence by myself. And it is not, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, right. it's just like, I'm just hot and it's funny. I, you know, sometimes break out my fan on a Zoom oh, yeah. call with my colleagues and, you know, like, are you fanning yourself? And the answer is yes, yes. because, and you know, it's going to pass. So I'm, I'm glad to know that now I'm educated that, you know, what's happening as I'm having this, this heated moment is this message that my brain is sending to my ovaries so thank you for it's all it's all connected yeah thank you for making that real like i i can tell that you know what's happening well it's so much don't we feel empowered when we have the information absolutely like when we fully understand what is happening we're like oh okay it's just my brain and my ovaries trying to communicate like for me that brings a, a humongous sense of peace because the answer is always oh it's just your hormones and it's like, well, yeah, but there's a very, there's a very um, intricate connection between all of our hormones and all, pretty much all of our bodily functions, basically. And so I think having that understanding of what's going on, you can sort of embrace and sort of demystify that thing, mm-hmm. that power surge that you have, which is what my grandmother called it when she power had surge. Them. Power yeah. surge. Um, Ooh, that's powerful. Power surge, I like baby. that. The hot sweats and the night sweats. I, you know, like women often mm-hmm. are not sleeping very well during menopause right? Um, because of the night sweats. I mean, I had a friend who literally kept a towel next to her bed because her night sweats were so bad she would like mop. Eesh, I'm not there yet. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I mean, I remember getting, so I went through medical menopause because I had surgery and so I, I fell mm-hmm. off the cliff. There was no progression. It was like estrogen one right. day to zero the next. And I would literally have to get out of my bed I was so hot in the bed, I had to get up out of the bed, and I could feel my body heat wow. in, in the, bed, the mattress. In the mattress. And I would go in the bathroom that was like all ceramic tile, just like, oh, God. That Let me so get a breath. Work. And then I'd be like, oh, I didn't want to go back and get in the bed. I had to wait for it to cool off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. it happens. Is there a period of time that we can sort of loosely define as like perimenopause? So like what Caroline's describing is like she's not in the full-blown throes of this evolution, right? Um, is there a specific amount of time that though we might be seeing some different things and, and what are we looking for? Like, what are the things like I've experienced changes in my cycle? Um, and I'm only, well, I say only Caroline's only 45. I'm only 40. We are young people. Okay. We believe that age is a number here on this year podcast. Absolutely. So we're not right. even getting there, but like as a, <laughs> as a biological marker, Right? Like, wh- like, what are we looking for and when are we looking for that? So a lot of women do start, like, over 45, late 40s, start experiencing something. Um, mm-hmm. It might be the hot flashes, that extreme hot and cold. And it feels like it's coming out of the center of your body. It's a different kind of a heat mm-hmm. than anything you've experienced before. It's very internally driven. Um, and so when you have a hot flash for the first time, you will know that it's a hot flash because it's different. It's just like feels like it's rising up out of you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of women experience, notice that first. There might be other subtle things that they're not really noticing, but um, all the temperature stuff, um, changes in your periods, like women will start skipping periods or go a couple of months without. Um, Moodiness is also, you know, I mean, there's jokes with men about, you know, the change and all that kind of stuff, but estrogen affects all of that and so right I've experienced like a little bit of heavier period though I feel like as I age I feel like I've almost gotten back to like worse than when I 
was a teenager having a period because it's always you always feel like it's really bad when you're young because this is a new thing that you're experiencing and I got mine very I mean I was 10 when oh, I started well that's early um, which is like crazy um but you know I I feel like the cramps are worse I'm a little bit more emotional I have terrible like crippling anxiety before and I, I never really experienced that and I have been off hormonal birth control for quite a while and I notice over the years there was like this subtle shift of like things everything that you could have almost like a pmdd type of situation plus the period was worse heavier more painful all the things um i spoke with a care provider that i adore i just found her out here she is wonderful shout out to dr Yay. friedman and eugene yes. her website she's amazing because you were desperate she's for a wonderful. pop smear honey <laughs> i was desperate for i was very overdue and i needed to find a, a, a provider and she is fabulous i I i've never heard i've never heard somebody just be so excited about finding that that care provider but it is a big deal it's a very very big deal if you don't like your doctor keep looking looking like if you you gotta go to all of them absolutely yeah Yeah. and i i'll uh chime in my recommendation in reston virginia as well but keep going megan yeah no it was really great i mean she I, I had seen a, a male gynecologist previously, and I'm not really, I, I didn't realize how abrupt the process was and how poorly I was actually treated until I got older and then realized as all these conversations, right, are becoming more normal and we're, we're talking about them more and we're bringing them to light, I did not realize how important it really was to have a person who listens to you. And it's like you would be there, you know, in your paper gown on the table, he's digging for tools trying to just get your pap done, asking you, is there, so is everything okay? Not looking at me, not listening to me. Right. She sat down with me. I had a fully dressed conversation with this person who was genuinely curious and interested, you know, about my concerns and things that I was experiencing and, and, and goals that I had for like my health. And, you know, and it was like the best experience ever. Ugh, so if you're so not good. having that, you need to keep looking exactly. for a provider. Exactly. Amen to that. Yeah, we need to keep looking. I, um, I'm, I'm really happy with mine. Let's talk about some other um, manifestations that are related to the reproductive system. Like what about fibroids, for example? What do we know about that? Yeah, that's a common occurrence. Is it? Common occurrence, yeah. So if you do have um, a change in your period in any way, it's getting heavier, getting more painful, then it's definitely time to check in because it could be fibroids. Um, and they can be problematic to the point that a surgical intervention might be necessary. So mm-hmm. I feel like most women end up with some kind of fibroid. Thing yeah, at some I feel point. like the fibroid thing, That's like nobody very... clued me in on this before, yeah. but like I'm fully aware that this happens to, yeah, what, what do you know where they come from? Did like... It's just yeah, it's, it's like just this a growth weird of... thickening in the wall of your uterus, and uh, but it can cause a lot of pain. And some women they're really big, and yeah, so yeah, it, they can't. Yeah, I've heard of them the size of like oh, yeah, like yeah. and they're a football really, or... yeah, yeah, exactly. It's they're really and they're imagine? they're benign. They're not cancerous. They don't become cancerous, but they're just you know, they're just the a thing. aging uterus. I, you know, there are uh, ovarian pain. That's another thing. Like if yeah. you're having ovarian pain, that's not that's not normal. Something could be going on there. Women right. get cysts, but cysts burst. You don't want that to happen. Um, pelvic inflammatory disease. Like that's another reason you want to make sure you're getting checked. Like don't wait 
Yeah. Endometriosis, you talked about before. Yeah. Which can be very hard to diagnose. It's not really something you pick up on an ultrasound. You might not necessarily be able to feel it. Um, So, you know, the suffering in silence thing is not working in our favor. No. It's not working in our favor. If you're having something, and we keep saying this, but I don't think you can say it enough because I don't know why women feel like they should tolerate that kind of treatment like it's okay to be dismissed because it's not and and so if something's going on find somebody who's going to get to the bottom of it with you and make you a part of the conversation yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's it's definitely oh go ahead no i was just gonna say like speaking of dismissed um because i've had that experience a couple of times because i am a childless person who's chosen that life for myself and I am unable to uh, be on hormonal birth control because I have migraines with aura. And so that's a no, no for people who have those kind of headaches. You, because, and I get them sort of pre-menstrual every month, uh, debilitating headaches, crippling, um, where I need to take a triptan just to like yep. function, you know? Um, and I do get aura and all of that. And they, the recommendation is that you don't go on a hormonal birth control. And I'm, I'm really not comfortable with the idea of a device. So for me, I was like, well, what about sterilization? And I was basically told like, no, not happening. Not on our watch, not happening, which is kind of crazy. The, the, your doctor said this or. Yeah. They were like, well, no, I mean my original doctor, not the one I have now, but the, the original doctor that I had, um, was like, no, that's not, that's, that's not possible. You can't do that. So yeah, essentially I was told right out of the gate, no, that's not an option for you. Um, it was a male doctor. Um, I've, I've actually been told no by two different doctors. Um, the first one was because I was being seen at a uh, Catholic hospital and that oh. was just something they were absolutely not going to do. But the problem is like in Baltimore, most of the major hospital networks are Catholic hospitals. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's not something that they're, that they're willing to do. And the second one was not necessarily, was not a Catholic hospital. Um, but basically was like, well, you don't have children. And so therefore I declined to do this. Um, uh, also I'll need spousal permission. And I was like, what year are we living in? Like what's happening? Like what is actually going on? Um, and he was basically like, yeah, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to come back. I don't want to be sued later if you decide that you do want to have kids. And mm. I'm like, but you were informing me that this is not a procedure that is reversible. I am informed about this choice and I am signing right. a litany of paperwork detailing the fact that I understand that, that I, that I, there is no coming back from this. Right. Um, I find it hard to believe that anyone could litigate that after the fact, because informed consent is such a huge part of this decision. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's doctors that just plain old won't do it. And they're like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want there? I was also told there are women who cannot have kids. Why would you make this choice? Well, we are two different people. This is not the handmaid's tale. Her decision to, you know, have fertility treatment and my decision to, to eliminate that from being a part of my life shouldn't be, um, those two things shouldn't come in the same sentence. That's got nothing to do with me. So yeah, it was, it's been a very frustrating process. Very frustrating. Mm -hmm. I, so is the is the standard the same when men go for a vasectomy? Like, Probably I feel not, like a vasectomy it's... is, like, so normalized. But yeah. when it's our choice, it's not as, it's not okay. Just, I'm, I'm a little bit um, uneducated about the topic, but it just seems like 
that's not okay. Well, vasectomies are reversible, correct? Sometimes? I think they are. So it's maybe I don't less... know. I'm, I'm not educated on vasectomies either, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I have any idea. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that, that, so that was just sort of like an interesting um, thing. And I, I wonder yeah. why, why that's such a, why that still seems like such an archaic philosophy um, about women's bodily autonomy and like their life choices and what they feel is mm-hmm. best for them. Like I would rather have a salpingectomy or a tubal ligation than have an IUD implanted. That's my choice. Like I, I right. don't want a device. Um, and I cannot use hormonal birth control. So I'm really sort of like over a barrel here. Right. Um, right. Right. And I don't want to ever be in a position where I have to make a difficult choice because my provider refused to take the bullets out of the gun in the first place. Right. So it's like, we're not, we're very charged about all these topics, but I don't think we're really like allowing for solutions to come ahead of problems that everybody wants to sort of fight down the road. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Our choices, our choices are predeterminedly limited. Mm -hmm. Right. So we don't have access to the full toolkit. Right. Um, and that's not okay. I mean, birth control in itself has been, you know, long time coming. I mean, there's just women who fought for us to have this right. Um, but, you know, still obviously have a long way to go when it comes to the more permanent. Yeah. Um, the more permanent types of birth control. Yeah. Well, and I know that it's... That... Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the very fact that the burden of contraception generally does fall on the female to begin with. Yes. And then that an option is completely taken away. And what is the reason for that? Because like you said, men get vasectomies. And so, yeah, it, there's still in 2021 that difference between the sexes that... And... It, I can kind of see as a provider that you're concerned about their regret down the road, but that's their regret. Mm-hmm. Like if, right. I have no regrets about like, I, I had back surgery, had my spine yeah. <laughs> repaired and there was never a discussion as to whether I was going to regret it. Right. You know, there was no, no discussion around risk. I mean, yes, of course the mm-hmm. risks of the surgery itself, but like it, you sort of proceed at your own risk, right? If I may offer something up on that, on, on Tina's Please, point right honey. there, because there is this like, they, they often like someone who has stage four, you know, cancer of some kind, um, they're going to push you to have chemo and continue, you know, fighting and all the things. And, and they don't talk about regret. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel mm-hmm. like this, to be honest, the reason that that is a point of that, that's one of their points for, for not allowing or not providing that service is not because they really feel like their patient will regret it, but because they morally religious like for whatever reason are not comfortable with it and rather than just saying that like i don't believe in this therefore i will not provide you this service they sort of turn it around on you like well you're going to like well you don't know me or my body and so every other medical you know every other medical choice you don't talk about regret i mean this is purely a a medical procedure i'm coming to you for care and, and I, I think it's purely their opinion about it and their judgment about it that plays into that conversation That's is what I'm probably saying. probably easier to get a hysterectomy when you're getting close or 
you know, I mean, how many women have hysterectomies? It's which even if you don't right. need it for childbirth anymore, does have long term ramifications. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's an interesting topic that I mean, they're they're taking age into consideration. If you have any children and where your spouse stands on the issue, I think that like any other decision, knowing all your options and having good counsel in advance so yeah. that there's some kind of general consensus that it really truly is an informed consent should take care of any kind of concern about litigiousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was another thing that was sort of, that yeah. was shared with me is like, well, I'm not gonna do that because what yeah. if you decide? And it's like, okay, fine. Um, and did I you talk about the, it with your, oh, did you talk about it with your new doctor yet? I haven't talked about it with Dr. Friedman. Okay. I have a sneaking suspicion. I'm excited to hear. Mm-hmm. She'll be on board with it and probably recommend, if she wouldn't be the one to, to provide this, the to care for the service, then I'm sure she would send me to mm-hmm. somebody else. But again, you know, it's like, and I was living in Baltimore, which is a pretty progressive place in politics. Is a lot. Right. And demographic has a lot to do with this also. Like, you're not going to sure. get a salpingectomy in Alabama. It's not going to happen. You're not right. going to get a salpingectomy or a tubal ligation in South Dakota. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, yep. And you have to travel often, you know, and then, of course, you get into the healthcare issue where you're going out of network and you're trying to find this care and this is all you really want. And it just becomes very, very difficult. So, yep. you know, I do understand the demographic issue of it. So I... Even even in a fairly progressive place, I had a hard time. Um, but I think Dr. Friedman may may be the key to success on this because I don't have that yes. many childbearing years left. But like, I don't want to worry about it, you guys. Like, I just don't. I don't want to exactly right. right. So, what are some of the things that um, we should be worried about as we, you know, get out of our thirties into our forties? And as you know, is there anything we can do to prepare? Are there any toolkits, natural? Uh, uh, supplements, anything like that, that, you know, we should be considering. Hormone replacement. For... Do we need to do that? Like, mm. what do we, like, what do we, what do we do? Well, and obviously for someone like you that already can't use hormones, mm-hmm. hormone replacement therapy is not going to be an option for you. Right. Um, that's come a long way. Hormone replacement therapy has come a long way from what it was back in that old study where it's like don't ever do that because um because it led to certain kinds of cancer right Mm -hmm. okay right and certainly if you have a family history of breast cancer other reproductive cancers then yeah it's really not a great idea again it's about being informed yourself using reliable sites people please don't go to facebook for your medical advice like yes. please go to or tiktok see, stay off that yeah yeah social media is not <laughs> the place to get that it's not the purpose of social media i don't i don't believe in social media for that um go to reliable websites mm-hmm. by professionals mm-hmm. cdc is a lay person's website it's highly educational tons of information on yeah. there, more than you can ever use. Mm-hmm. Some people really like WebMD. Mayo Clinic has a really good one. I think those are like the top three um, that I would send people to if you really want to look at something. And probably the CDC is the the gets the most in-depth. They have fact sheets on things, yeah. whether it's a vaccine or bacterial vaginosis, hormonal yeah. replacement HRT, therapy. Just yeah. be careful where you're getting your gotcha. information from. That's really good advice. Because I know way too many people that say, TikTok made me do it. I stuck yogurt in my yeah. vagina. Yeah. No. What yeah, the hell? Yeah, don't. Yeah. Or, or somebody talk. that just jumped on a cause and really just that's their own personal thing, but they really don't have any kind yeah. of education behind that. Like, why are mm-hmm. you listening to 
her versus your gyno. I don't understand. Or your PCP, whoever your PCP is. Um, But, you know, some people find help with supplements. Some people find help with herbs for, like, menopause. I think Mm -hmm. certainly always exercise, healthy diet, healthy mind. Because if you're just going to look at menopause as another part of life, another transition, another chapter, another part of being a woman, then you're going to handle it a lot better than if you're looking at it as a curse, right? You're going to understand yes. it as a normal process. I'm going to celebrate it. That you're is gonna, awesome. You're going to laugh about I it. Know, right? I know. I am. I mean, you're, you're healthy. You're beautiful. You're confident. You're successful. Like, those are things to celebrate. And, and you'll it's be earned. able to have sex without worrying about pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have earned it. It is absolutely earned. Oh, right? this is a great note <laughs> to wrap this up under yeah, as we I celebrate this. this entire month. Uh, we celebrate yeah. women at all stages yes. and at all transition phases from youth to 45. No, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much, too, for saying that, just talking about the mindset of it, because I think that's a critical yes. part that gets completely lost, where it's like, we have causation and then we need to solve the problem, right? Like there's an issue mm-hmm. and we need to fix it. And there's not this holistic, like mental aspect of it where you have to be embracing. And I, you know, I, I just ha- celebrated a really large birthday and that was hard. It's like aging's a privilege. Me too. It's a process. <laughs> yes, girl. Like we, we, we've gotten this far and we're still able and we're still beautiful and we're still able to do things. And yeah. Like have, we're getting it done. Know, we're yeah. good. We're good. So just, exactly. just support yourself, care for yourself. Call your doctor. Absolutely. Get a care team. Call your doctor. Have a care team. Have a support system. Because if you are struggling through any of it, don't suffer on your own. Yes. Absolutely. No reason. We have to to be there for each other as women. Yes. Mm -hmm. Together we rise. Oh my goodness. Yes. Tina, you're a queen, honey. (laughs) Tina, you're a queen. Queens. Queens. Um, Can we ask the audience um, to share with us, if they may, uh, who's on your care team? Yeah. Tell us all the people. Part of the care team. I want to know where are the shout outs in Oregon, Baltimore, DC, Maryland, Virginia, Canada, Germany, all the hundreds of thousands of listeners that we have. We have listeners. We have listeners from Japan to Sweden to the west coast of the United States. So that's right. Where do we go? Who is on the care team? This is a great question. And um, meanwhile, Tell them where they can talk to us. Okay. Well, special thanks to Tina again for joining us. It's been amazing. And if you head over to Instagram, you can find us at Gloss Over Podcast. And until next time, Kay, love you. Bye. The end. Thanks for listening. Have a topic we just can't gloss over? Want to join in on the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Gloss Over Podcast or find us on the web at glossoverpodcast.com.